This is Performance Deliver, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered Insider Secrets for Digital Marketing Success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. Today, we're going to talk about profit first for e-commerce sellers. It's something different, so has less to do with digital marketing, but I strongly feel this will be a very interesting session for all of you guys and girls out there that, that, that sell products and, and, and offer services. So stick with us and listen in. So here to speak with me about the topic is Cindy Thomason. Cindy is the author of the best-selling book, Profit First for E-commerce Sellers. She is a master-level certified profit-first professional and the founder and president of Bookskeep. Her company consists of a virtual team located across the United States, providing bookkeeping and profit-first consulting services to e-commerce clients all over the world. She devotes much of her time speaking at various events, such as ASD Market Week, SellerCon, ProfitCon, and other industry events. Cindy, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Stefan. I'm delighted to be here. Cindy, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, how, did you, how did you become a bookkeeper? Well, um, I worked in the corporate world for many years um, and installed accounting systems as well as HR and, and contracting, many, many different hats in, in the corporate world. And I uh, got out of, the, out of the corporate world to um, become a mom and raise my daughter. And at some point, uh, had a friend who needed a little help with a business that she was um, getting started. She needed some help with just uh, contract work, and that led into accounting work. And I realized from uh, working with her just as a friend to help her out that um, I was kind of ready to get back into the work world, and uh, that it was it was time. And also uh, in that time that I had taken off, the the um, technology had changed so much that you could do a lot of work from home and work remotely. And because I was homeschooling my daughter, uh, I approached my friend and said, hey, how about I do this work from home? And so through that relationship with her, I uh, got started with uh, putting in an accounting system for her and keeping uh, the accounting going in her business. And that led to more clients and, and ultimately led to the business that I have today. How long have you been doing bookkeeping for, for companies then? Um, in, in form of, of being self-employed? Actually, for about 10 years, but the company Bookkeep was actually born five years ago um, in this October. So coming up on five years uh, where I, I really started expanding and, um, and building a team, and it was more than just me. Uh, it's been more, that, that incarnation has happened over the last five years. And, and what kind of clients have you worked with in the past in, in your role as a bookkeeper, as, you know, working at Bookskeep? And, and has that changed over, over the years? It has changed. At first, it was uh, kind of geographically based. I was working with clients that are um, somewhat close to me uh, in proximity. Um, we were, and it was word of mouth, so a lot of... Um, I started out working with a, a digital marketing company uh, that 
they referred me to a uh, software engineering website design firm that referred me to a nonprofit. And that word of mouth kind of, uh, my business grew quite a bit through that. But again, they were all somewhat local to me. Um, it wasn't until I started working with Profit First that I started to specialize in a niche and started to, to realize that people in the e-commerce commerce industry were uh, folks that I could, um, I don't know, we just clicked. We were kind of at the same place with looking for a flexible lifestyle. Um, they were comfortable with working with um, remotely with people. They were also comfortable with technology because so much of their business was managed online. And so um, over time, we have uh, specialized and served primarily the e-commerce industry, but it, it certainly started out much broader than that. So the topic of, of today's podcast is Profit First for e-commerce sellers. So let's talk about what is Profit First? What does that mean? Well, it's actually uh, the title of a book. Uh, it was written by Mike Michalowicz. He wrote the book in uh, 2014. Really, I, I launched my business uh, rebrand in 2014 at the same time as I attended a conference that QuickBooks held. And Mike Michalowicz was speaking and introducing his book at that point in time. And I was able to listen to him give a presentation at that conference and knew that what he was talking about would help every one of my clients. That, you know, when you, when you base your business on uh, other people's success, you look for ways to help them be more successful. And while I felt like we were doing a good job with our uh, accounting and bookkeeping services, I knew that there were some challenges down the road because some of my clients weren't creating um, enough cash to stay in business. So uh, it, it was, you know, realizing that relationship and that I could help them with that was a, a big thing for me that, uh, that at that conference. So hearing, hearing Mike's presentation really changed the direction of my business because of uh, understanding that uh, there was a way I could help my clients with cash flow, um, uh, improving their cash flow. And Profit First really looks at things just a little bit differently because it's based on uh, the way our behavior works uh, in our business around money. And it's based on this law called uh, Parkinson's Law. Parkinson's Law was created by, uh, it's in the 1950s, by a British Navy historian who's also an economist. His name was Cyril Northcote Parkinson, and he studied the bureaucracy of the British Navy. And what he was trying to understand was, why is it that this, uh, any time there was more um, money available, that the, the Navy expanded? Um, and what he, what he learned was uh, a simple rule of you basically you use what you got. So whatever um, whatever resource you have, whether it's time or money, uh, Mike in his book likes to use the analogy of toothpaste. Whatever you have, that kind of helps you meter out and determine how you're going to use that resource. So for example, in the toothpaste analogy, um, I've been traveling a lot lately, and I've had this little tiny tube of toothpaste, and I knew that you know it had to last me through the, the three weeks that I, I was on, um, on my travels. And so towards the end, I was just using a tiny, tiny little dab of toothpaste. And 
But now that I'm back home, I've got my full tube of toothpaste. I, you know, I get just real luxurious and put a whole bead of toothpaste mm -hmm. on my toothbrush. And it's just a mindset that we have. When something appears to be scarce, we use less of it. When something appears to be abundant, we use more of it. And so that basis, that economic theory, really uh, is the foundation for Profit First. And it, it Profit First really uses uh, multiple bank accounts so that you understand that these bank accounts have a specific purpose, like one of them would be for your uh, profit, one of them would be for owner pay, one would be for uh, your operating expenses. And when those uh, funds are in each account, you can understand better really how much money you have to spend on an activity because it's not all lumped together. And so it kind of works with our, our mindset of uh, how we behave around money to, um, to help us understand how much money we really have to, to put towards uh, different aspects of our business. It's just confusing for people when everything's in one big checking account to really understand how much of that money is available for, for certain activities. Cindy, doesn't that create more work having to manage several bank accounts? Well, it does create a little bit more work. Uh, getting it set up takes a little bit of work. Of course, you know, getting the paperwork done at the bank takes a, a little more work. But what, um, what happens once you get the system in place is uh, you, you have a process where the money collects for a two-week period of time, and then you allocate your funding to your different account on one day of the week and then uh, you spend from those accounts just like you would have spent from you know having one account you just direct your expenses to the account depending on uh, uh, what the purpose is for that account it um, the transfers most of my clients tell me that they can do them in less than five minutes because you know they've got a spreadsheet set up uh, the money's collected in a bank account they plug that into their spreadsheet, it figures out the percentages and they just move the money. Online banking makes it really simple. And um, the clarity that, um, that you get from this information being real time. I'm, you know, it's, I'm a bookkeeper, I'm, I value the reports that we create and generate, but they're historical. Um, being able to look at your bank every, day which most of my clients tell me that they're in there looking at their bank account daily or weekly being able to look at your account and know where you stand at that instance is worth so much more than the time you would spend trying to calculate to understand if you have money or don't have money um, so yes it is a, a little bit more work to get it going but the value that it creates in your understanding of your business is is worth more than um, than that little bit of time you spend getting it going. So someone out there might say, you know, would I not be able to do this by using accounting software where I have my bank account, my credit card, and whatever other accounts a business has set up and then have individual accounts, expenses, and then all those different things. Wouldn't I be able or wouldn't that person be able to to display to get a similar view of, of their financial situation? You know, um, I, I thought the same thing. And whenever I heard Mike's presentation, 
uh, I, I went home and set that up in my uh, QuickBooks account. I'm like, I don't have to do this at the bank. I can just do it in QuickBooks. But what I figured out was my QuickBooks was a couple days behind, and then I would get real busy, and then it turned out it was uh, weeks behind. And I I logged into my bank every day. I um, I didn't always log into QuickBooks. And so the behavior that most people have is relying on the information from the bank, not the information from their accounting system. Mm-hmm. Um, and if if we get busy as entrepreneurs, that, that happens to us, you know, sometimes we know that we can catch up on our bookkeeping later. And so we don't keep up with that activity. We put it to the side. And so technically, yes, you're correct. But the reality is uh, bookkeeping is often the first thing to go when we get busy. And um, we, we're going to rely on looking at our bank accounts anyway. We may as well just set the system up to, to work uh, for us instead of creating more, more work down the road. Okay. Am I right to, to assume that you would have one account that, that, is, that is left or, or that there's one account where you literally see what you have left over in a month? Because you take that one account where you put all your money in for a period of time and then you distribute the money depending on, you know, uh, W-2 pay, uh, vendor pay, in whatever other payments company has, there should be then one account where I see how much money did I make at the end of the month. Is that is that assumption correct? Well, it's correct, but it's all, it's kind of working backwards. Um, you're you're looking at it from the standpoint of what's left over, and Profit First uh, approaches it from the opposite direction, and um, hence the name Profit First. Mm-hmm. And the idea behind it is. The formula that we've used for years, sales minus um, expenses equal profits, we turn that around and we say, you know, you as a business owner are investing in this business. You should set it up so that you are creating good habits from the beginning and you're getting the reward for being a business owner. So we turn that um, business equation around to be sales minus profits equals expenses. So that what's left over in, in the scenario that you painted is what we have left to run our business. So for example, you get the money in uh, from your sales and the first thing you do is you allocate it to the different buckets that you have. A percentage will go to your profit account. Another percentage will go to uh, your owner pay, to your taxes. Um, if in e-commerce, one of the um, first accounts we'd allocate to is inventory because we have to keep investing in inventory to keep the business healthy. Mm-hmm. And so then what's left over, it goes to operating expenses. And that's what we have left to operate the business. And it creates a different dynamic because you've taken care of you as an owner you've rewarded yourself as an owner, you have paid yourself an owner's salary um, because you're your most important employee and you've taken care of your obligations to the government and really what's left is what you can afford to uh, operate your business with. And it, it creates a pressure, if you will, to be more innovative, to be more efficient and to be more frugal. And that's all good 
um, positive pressure on us as business owners because if we if we put too much money into operating expenses, uh, for one, there could be waste, but another thing happens is just bloat and um, we're not directing our resources effectively. And if you're operating in a more lean environment, you're going to be more judicial, judicious about how, how you employ those resources. Mm-hmm. So the process that you described works, but the, um, the result is uh, that what's left is what you run your business with. You've already taken out your reward. Profit first obviously can be applied to any business. It doesn't really matter whether it's an e-commerce business or a production business, etc. Why is a profit first and different for e-commerce sellers? Has it something to do, as you just mentioned a second ago, for example, inventory for e-commerce companies or businesses is obviously paramount. If you don't have inventory, you can't sell anything. That's right. That to me is the big difference. And Mike, um, you know, after he wrote the first book, he came came back to uh, Profit First Professionals and said, hey, what should I do to um, when I do the second release? The book had been uh, picked up by Penguin House and he was he was doing a, a rewrite. And I kept going back to him and said, well, you've got to talk about inventory. You, you know, this is just a huge thing. And finally, he came back to me and said, you know, that's the book you need to write because you you are more in tune with that than what I need to, to write for for a large, you know, for a larger, more general audience. So um, that, that's why I wrote the, the book Profit First for E-commerce Sellers, uh, because I just saw many of my clients struggle over and over with uh, how to have enough money dedicated to inventory and how to understand that, you know, cash flow, we talk about cash flow in our business and we make it sound like one thing, but in reality, cash flow is, uh, it can be two different things. And what I see with my clients is there's a cash flow around inventory that has a very different rhythm than the cash flow around their, their operating expenses. Uh, a business like mine, a, a bookkeeping business, a service business, you know, we um, we collect our uh, money from our clients on a monthly basis. We provide services on a monthly basis. It's kind of built on this flow of things that happen monthly. And many of my clients from an operation standpoint, their cash flows on a monthly basis also. They're paying their rent, they're paying their virtual assistants, they're paying for their subscriptions for software. Those things happen on a monthly basis. But inventory has a whole different rhythm to it. And it really depends on the type of e-commerce business that you are and what kind of relationship you have with your vendors, what those terms might be. So somebody that's in a um, arbitrage business where they're buying from retail stores and repackaging and, and shipping it out. Their their cycle time around inventory is very different than someone who might be a private label um, seller who has to order their product from China and it's got to get on a boat for 60 days to get here. They may pay 30% of it down, 70% of it whenever it gets on the boat to come here. Um, and then they've got, you know, cash tied up for that two months until the actual product is, you know, in their hands or, or in the inventory at, at Amazon, for example. So understanding that cash flow around inventory is, is a huge issue. And 
my clients get into trouble sometimes because when they see a big uh, pool of money that's their, you know, their their single checking account, and they've been collecting money on inventory that they paid for some time ago, but they haven't set it aside to be able to replenish that inventory. When they have to make that next order, they've got to make sure that that cash is available to to then place that second order. And it's Parkinson's law starts working on our brain when we start looking at a big bucket of cash. We get really creative of what what might we do with it. You know, will we um, take more money out so we can take a vacation? Um, do we want to leave it in the business and maybe buy new computers? Uh, we get really creative for how we can spend money, but we lose sight of the fact that that money is going to have to be um, repurposed for inventory as soon as we place that next order. So understanding um, inventory cash flow, having a separate bank account for it so that as you get your income in from, say, an Amazon payout, moving money over immediately to replenish that inventory that you've just sold is critical to, to ensure that that money doesn't get spent on something that's um, and, and then not be available to buy that inventory at the right time. For the for the person that's listening to this podcast and and, and says, you know what, I, I get what she's talking about. <laughs> I I always struggle to identify. Okay, how much money do I have to put aside for my next inventory order? Um, if that person says, you know what, I want to try profit first, the profit first approach. How would they get started with transitioning from from the way how they do things now to a profit first approach? Well, we've got a quick start guide that will help. But let me describe for you the, the process, and then um, we'll make the quick start guide available to the audience so they can go get it and walk through these steps and, and have it there as a reference. But the, the thing that I would recommend is you probably already have a bank account that you use for everything. So keep that. That's going to be uh, the account that you will use for operating expenses. But then you need to create two new bank accounts. One will be for profit and the other one will be for inventory. And um, you probably want the inventory to be a checking account. Uh, the profit account could be a savings account. So just work with the bank, figure out how you can get two, two new accounts that um, doesn't cost you a lot in fees. Um, so create the two new bank accounts. And then every payday uh, from Amazon, what you want to do is look at the um, the money that came in and determine how much those goods actually caught you, cost you. So for example, you sold um, goods from the 1st to the 15th, you got a $10,000 check from Amazon. <clears throat> and, and this can apply to anything. You know, Shopify pays out more frequently. You want to look at about a two-week period. Um, Amazon usually does pay out every two weeks. So you get the money from Amazon, You've got $10,000, for example, in your, in your account. You look back at what's sold in that period and you determine how much those goods cost you. So let's say for, for simplicity that it was $5,000 was the, the, the value of those goods. Knowing that you're going to have to turn around and replace those goods, you want to take that $5,000 and put it in your inventory account. Set it aside for the purpose of buying more inventory. So that leaves you then with $5,000 and the money that is left, you want to take 1%. This is just a 
a way to get started. You'll increase this over time, but take 1% of what's left and move that to your profit account. So you put in your profit first. So you've taken care of your inventory, what's left, you put 1% in profit, and then the remainder will stay in your operating checking account, and that's what you have to use to operate your business, whether it's to pay yourself, uh, pay your assistant, pay for rent, whatever expenses you have, that money that's left is really what you have to operate on. So that, that's what I would recommend to, to get started. How do you then, I mean, 1% profit doesn't really sound much, like much. How do you go about to increase that? What what does someone have to has to look at in order to make a decision on whether they are able to increase that to two, three, four, five percent? Well, I recommend starting there because when you take the inventory money out of your account, suddenly you're going to realize that you're operating in, in the example I used with with basically half of what you had before. And uh, that can create some uh, shortages in cash if you've not been used to operating that way. Many people have let that, those dollars build up over time and they, they've got you know, a cushion there and, and they're just hoping that it's going to be enough for inventory. This, this way, uh, you're, you're getting a little more exact about setting that money aside, but you're, you're going to have to operate with a smaller uh, amount of cash. And so the 1% is just to get started, to get the system going and get a rhythm going. If you find that you're able to operate that way for a month or two, then you can start to bump it up. In fact, every quarter, I recommend looking at your um, operating expenses. Uh, see, is, is that balance growing? If it is, you can move that percentage up a percent or 2%, whatever, whatever feasible. If it's not, you really need to look at, okay, what am I spending money on that I need to cut out because I'm not making the profit that I would like to make here? Uh, Mike, in his research, he determined what a successful business ought to be generating in terms of profit and owner pay, depending on the, the size of the business. And so... Um, my book and his book share that information so that you can see how what are some benchmarks that you should be working towards and create those um, cuts that are necessary or maybe they're improvements in um, in your pricing but whatever you can do to start to create more profit in your account is that's the 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 red flag where you need to be paying attention once you see um, you see how that uh, money is flowing through your account and understand that, that'll point you to where you need to be working to be able to generate more profit uh, based on your size of your business and, and what your business can, um, can yield to you uh, in, a, in, in terms of a return on your investment. Well, if someone wants to get started with this, People are always interested in results. How, how quick can they see results? And what kind of results will they be able to see adopting this profit-first uh, approach? From the first allocation that you make, you're going to be putting money aside to be profitable. And that, for many of my clients, when I start working with them, that's the first time they've ever been profitable. But it, the follow-on after that, uh, it's where you start to really see the magic because you really get clear 
about the cash flow uh, for inventory and the cash flow for operating expenses. And you have to really dive into what it is you can do to reduce those operating expenses. Uh, I would say the first three months are critical. Getting your process, getting the flow worked out, making sure that uh, there is enough cash to operate on when you start separating inventory cash flow from your operating expenses uh, and start taking out profit. That first three months is critical just to be sure you understand, you, you have the processes worked out. But then after that, it should just be kind of a rhythm of what am I doing to cut my expenses or um, increasing my um, pricing or reducing my cost on my cost of goods? What, what are these levers can I um, continue to, to pull so that I get uh, an increase in my profit account? And as, as you work through that, you, you just, um, I say after about three months, you start to really get in tune with where your money's going. And the, the thing that I think that is so powerful that, that happens after about three months, I mean, after three months, you do get the benefit of taking the reward out of the profit account. Um, the, the tangible thing that happens after three months is you leave half of the money in the profit account to start to become like a rainy day fund but the other half of the money you take out and you reward yourself for being a business owner. You don't reinvest it in the business, you take it out to do something for yourself, for your family. So the kind of the intangible thing that starts to happen at three months is you start to really feel more in tune with, with um, what your money is working for uh, in your business and how that flow happens. And you can use Profit first to set up a few additional accounts. Um, for example, I've got a client that was never really on, on top of his marketing spend. And he wanted to, he, he felt like he was making investments, but he wasn't always seeing the return. And so we separated out a, um, an account, a bank account for his marketing spend so that we could look at, okay, this is how much you've invested in your advertising. How much increase have you seen in your sales? And he could start to understand that relationship between the investment he was making in marketing and the sales that were coming back to him. And just by having, having that relationship between um, the money set aside for that purpose and seeing the sales come in, he could understand better how those marketing dollars were working for him. So I would say, you know, initially you're going to, start to see things accumulating in that account, after three months, you actually get to take money out. And that point is when people are also starting to really start to sense um, an understanding and awareness of how, them, how their money flows and, and how they're operating. And, and that's, um, that intangible benefit is really huge. Yeah. So for the listener who, who haven't studied accounting or bookkeeping and I'm not so familiar with it and rather would have someone that takes them by the hand and, and, and helps them set all of this up. What kind of companies or what size of companies do you, do you work with? Um, is there a certain size income wise or, or, or how do you find who, who you can actually help? Well, um, you can go to the profit first professionals website and, um, 
if you're in the e-commerce space, you most likely will come come towards towards me if you fill out a form there. Uh, but if you're in, um, you know, a, a digital marketing agency, uh, there's other people that serve um, specifically clients like like you. So the it's not so much a size as more of a um, more of a mindset of when you're ready to get started and if you've got issues around understanding how to make the numbers work. I hope that in my book, I've given people the tools that want to do it themselves and are, are really good with working with numbers, um, that they can take it and, and just work with it directly. If, um, if you're not one of those people that want to do it yourself, then we do offer coaching where we go in and do an assessment of your uh, books uh, and, and help you determine how to get started. Um, I do start people off rather slow because I want to get the, the process worked. I don't want any shock going on into the bank account um, mm -hmm. and get people moving forward. Uh, we, we work with clients um, on profit first from the time that they're getting started and they want to make an investment to be sure that they, they're started right. They may not have sales yet up into to clients that are, you know, 20 million um, in sales annually. So um, it, it's not so much a size thing. It's just uh, when, when the business owner is ready to take that step in their business. Great. Well, Cindy, thank you for joining me on the Performance Little Red podcast and sharing your knowledge on uh, Profit First methodology. If people want to find out more about yourself, about Profit First for e-commerce sellers, how can they get in touch? Well, the best place is my website. It's bookskeep, B-O-O-K-S-K-E-E-P.com. And uh, we've, got, um, we've been, got a very active blog there that we've been doing for a number of years. So a lot of uh, what I've written about, um, about Profit First is there, about accounting in general. So uh, it is geared towards e-commerce folks. So um, that's a great place to, to just go and, and learn. And, of course, you can reach out to me there through the um, contact form and we'd love to talk with you about how um, we can help you get started on this profit first journey and start to make profit a habit. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at Symphonic HQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.